Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Welcome to Conversations, and we are so glad that you're here. I'm Charles, along with Kelly and Corey. Uh, And today we are looking, as we continue this journey through Lent, at John chapter 12. Um, and in John's gospel, it's right before Jesus enters Jerusalem, uh, kind of tensions are, are high. And um, it's a, just a, a very interesting passage with a lot of different takes and understandings about it. So, um, Kelly, will you read that for us? I'd love to. Mm-hmm. We're picking up in chapter 12, and it reads, Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, home of Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Lazarus and his sisters hosted a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who joined him at the table. Then Mary took an extraordinary amount, almost three quarters of a pound, of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet with it, then wiped his feet dry with her hair. The house was filled with the aroma of the perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, complained, This perfume was worth a year's wages. Why wasn't it sold and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would take what was in it. Then Jesus said, Leave her alone. This perfume was to be used in preparation for my burial, and this is how she has used it. You will always have the poor among you, but you won't always have me. So kind of the the setup of this um, is that it's kind of a a time of celebration, maybe a time of life. So Lazarus, who was dead, is now alive, and and he is there. And then all of a sudden, there's this tension created. Um, And I think those who were in tenants there, and, and even ourselves, were kind of like, what side of this are we on? Um, and it's kind of a funny thing when you're, you're there uh, and in a situation where it's a, a celebration or it feels kind of laid back and all of a sudden it gets kind of tense um, and you don't know and uncomfortable. You like don't know what to do. Like an Oscar ceremony. Well, and that's where I was going with it. We, we saw this way out, um, you know, Sunday night. That yes. It's time of celebration, this time of, and, and all of a sudden one comment and, and one slap just, and, and nobody knew what sides to be on right. they just knew there was tension and there was uncomfortable uncomfortableness and that's kind of where we find our scripture well that was a <laughs> i didn't know you were going there yeah. <laughs> but you set that up so well charles mm-hmm. oh my goodness you know i'm not somebody that just pays attention to the oscars every year but we were just going mm-hmm. through the channels and that odd scene unfolded before us and if you haven't seen it, if you weren't watching it live, you have seen it by now. Yeah, <laughs> because right. every news channel and everybody's talking about it. Although there is a big war going on on the other side right. of the world that probably needs more probably, attention. Yes. Um, there is this sense, though, of what do you do uh, with the tensions of this world? What do you do with the actions of others? What do you do with the what's going on inside, deep inside somebody that causes them to act out or speak out or say some things and do some things that just disturb things. Uh, we see this in Judas's character today, mm-hmm. where he says some things that are not healthy or, help, or, or helpful right. <laughs> in the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so funny that you say that about people uh, 
who misbehave in a deep way. Because we last week we read the story of the prodigal son, or the story of the two lost sons, or the story of the loving father, however you want to think about it. And we learned this really important lesson that um, proximity does not necessarily mean closeness to God. So the younger son runs off and has uh, a big way of living and comes home and yet understands the ways of God. And the son, who is also lost, but in a different way, lost deep inside himself with anger and jealousy and bitterness, um, and yet cannot see God, even though he's so close to it. And we see something very similar today, um, that although Jesus, who is very or the Judas, who is very proximate to God, who has been traveling the countryside with Jesus, watching him raise the dead, uh, cure the sick, cast out demons, and yet he does not get it. Um, And then there's Mary, who is not proximate to Jesus, but is very close to Jesus. She gets it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I just, it's so funny to me. The same, it is, it is with the same mouth that Judas betrays Jesus by conspiring behind his back that he, uh, criticizes this wonderful, wonderful woman and her act of great compassion and love and generosity. Yeah. Hey, well, you spoke kind of the words of scripture. I think it's in Matthew's gospel Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Luke's at some point, some level too. We're out of the, out of the heart. Yeah. You know, the mouth speaks mm-hmm. and our acts or we, we respond from sometimes when we react or act out or speak out that it, it, it reveals something deep mm-hmm. with what's going on within. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And I, I think also, again, just this different thoughts about, um, about this, uh, passage of scripture. Um, I was reading two of my, my favorite theologians, commentators, and one of them entitled this, um, extravagant love, yeah. and we see that in Mary, in Mary's extravagant love. The other one entitled it Mary's ointment, which hmm. kind of sounds like something between Mary and her pharmacist. I don't know, but, <laughs> um, but it's just again, I think there's this tension that we don't know quite what to you know what to do with this. Yeah, um, but I do think it um, makes us ask this question: Where are we in in all this? Are we one who? shows Jesus extravagant love, shows others extravagant love? Uh, are we like Judah where we're kind of task-oriented? We feel like we've been given our, our assignment and mm-hmm. um, and we think that everything else kind of needs to fit into that? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we like Martha in this situation? Are we just kind of over in the kitchen and watching things happen? And just keeping busy. See, <laughs> yeah, just keeping busy and kind of seeing, um, you know, what's, what's going to happen, what's going to transpire. Mm. Like that silly bumper sticker, look busy, Jesus is coming. I yeah. really, I, um, I do think one of the things that's really interesting and really beautiful about this story is that um, Mary is more right than she knows. She is anointing Jesus's body and she thinks she's doing it out of love. But Jesus knows that this will be his last anointing before death. Because after he dies and they come to anoint his body, he is already raised. Um, And I just think that's a beautiful piece of the story that we so often forget about, that this really is kind of the last Mm. thing before Jesus, before things happen quite quickly and Jesus dies. I, I was thinking as I was, we were. I knew we were going to talk about this passage today. Had no idea we would talk about the Oscars and other situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think there's something beautiful about what Mary does in the sense that 
Um, John's gospel is always about these deep relationships that Jesus has with people. You know, his mother in chapter 2, Nicodemus in chapter 3, the woman at the well in chapter 4. On and on, he has these intense, deep relationships. It's all about a, how do you love, how do you, how do you draw close to Christ from whatever background, wherever you are from, and engage in a deep relationship with Christ. And Mary's just doing this. Um, she has just had this phenomenal moment where Christ has brought her brother back to life. <laughs> and Lazarus is sitting at the table, and I've often wondered, is he in that kind of a haze? Because, yeah, you know... Right. He's been through a lot. <laughs> he's been, he's been, yeah, exactly. That's an understatement. If there's any... He's been through a whole lot. He's been brought back to life. And she is just worshiping Jesus with every... The best thing she can find. And, and she is loving like you said, Kelly, she doesn't really realize what's going on, but it's almost like there's this foreshadowing of what happens throughout, of what's going to happen, a death and a new life yeah. and a Mary worshiping. <laughs> you know, there's this moment of foreshadowing of Easter and, and what, what, what life is really all about. And mm -hmm. it's not about Judas saying, well, what about this and what about that? And why aren't you doing it the way I think you ought to do it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. And and what we know about Jesus, too, was that uh, he was kind of the, a treasure for the disciples. And that wasn't just, you know, a complete, you know, 501c3 uh, thing, but, <laughs> but it was taking care of the needs of the disciples as they traveled and did all that. Yeah. And so there's almost this sense, too, is are we talking about giving, um, you know, all of this to the poor? Or are we mm. talking about, you know, giving just kind of our, the excess and giving a little bit mm. once our needs are taken yeah. care of? Well, um, I had not thought of that. But, you know, at the same time, we see Jesus was like, he's been given an assignment and he's yeah. dealing with that. But what do we do with the, the statement, you know, Jesus saying that the poor you will always have with you, yeah. um, but you will not always have, have me? I have some thoughts, but what about y'all? Well, if you have some thoughts, you lead the way. Uh, well, here's my thought. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, you're going to give us the good answer here. No. <laughs> <laughs> my thought is I have heard this used in some kind of um, uh, ways of excusing ourselves a right. little bit, of saying, mm -hmm. why should we do everything? When Jesus said, we'll always have the poor with us. So what's the use of caring about mm -hmm. social structures? What's the use of caring about the homeless? What's the use of taking up money for a forgive our debts campaign? <laughs> All our right. moment, you know, that we'll always have the poor with us. is kind of like a moment of just for, of excusing us from getting involved in committing our lives as we see Mary doing mm -hmm. and being generous, I guess. Does that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not excusing myself. <laughs> there are moments when I have oh, felt yeah. the guilt of going, Oh, they're homeless. Well, you know, you'll that sense of, uh, not not caring, yeah. or, or or categorizing or what, what we can really do about it. Yeah, what can I do? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's good. I, you know, my my thought is just um, goes back to Jesus saying, "Seek first the kingdom of God and and His righteousness, and all these things will be be added unto you." And sometimes we think of that as blessings, but it's really um, also this this sense of. Uh, if, our, if our heart's right with God, then we're going to love others as we, yeah. we should. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, um, I think, in, in worship, uh, you know, William Barclay saying that Jesus was more interested in changing people than changing conditions. Mm. And therefore, because he knew that changed people change conditions. Mm. And so I don't know if it's this idea of, 
um, you know, of worshiping first and then our response to uh, the poor comes from that place much more than just what the our excess is or what I like that we think we can afford. I don't know. No, I love that. I think I think I think that harmonizes with um, that. Some some say that Jesus was quoting scripture here. Mm-hmm. There's Deuteronomy 15 that is kind of the ethos of uh, that flows out of the kind of way of a of, of a good follower of God who cares for the poor, who welcomes those because we were once a stranger, who cares for those because we were once enslaved, mm-hmm. who cares, you know, that sense of you're, you're going to have the poor. So it is your role as a follower of God to care for the poor. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of a yeah. Jesus reminding them of who they already are, you know, sense of things. So Judas, you're, you're excusing something beautiful that's happening here. Almost. I mean, yeah. that, that is an interpretation. That is right. <laughs> yes, all of this is just an interpretation, um, for sure. But I, and I think you know, uh, again, that question of that um, Corey, you always ask so well. We mentioned it earlier, um, but just where do we find ourselves in this? Um, oh, yeah. In the extravagant worship, ready to give. Uh, I think Kelly, as you said, our our best, the best we have. Um, to Jesus, um, do we find ourselves more like Judas, where we feel like we have this role and this yeah. this responsibility, and mm-hmm. um, and sometimes that gets in the way of worship, and that gets in the way of extravagant love, mm-hmm. um, instead of enhancing it, and um, or enhancing our, our task. I'm, I'm trying to say, uh, or do we find ourselves like Martha, just kind of in the kitchen and staying busy and keeping our head down? <laughs> <laughs> We assume we don't know. Let those people figure it out, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so, any other closing thoughts? Where do you find yourself, Kelly? Well, I mean, I've said it once. I'll say it again. the The story of the gospel is beautiful for a lot of reasons. One of them being, it is a cautionary tale um, about those who think they are closest to God, because the story of the gospel is not usually told through the eyes of the disciples, but through the eyes of these wonderful characters like Nicodemus and Lazarus and Mary. And I think even the most surface level interpretation of this text is so beautiful because it shows us that when you give what you have to God, it rubs off on you. Mary pours this perfume on Jesus's feet and wipes his feet clean with her hair. And now both of them are anointed Mm -hmm. in love and in mercy and in generosity and compassion. And I, I love that both of them now carry the smell of, of holiness. I cannot, I cannot improve on that. (laughs) That is, that is beautiful. That is so, I've never thought of it, how it rubs back off of you. That idea of generosity, it goes both ways and it's a joy, you know? Yeah. Thank you. That was great. Well, good. Well, Corey, will you pray for us? Oh, sure. Um, Holy God, as we, as we kind of take in the aroma of this scripture today and just think about um, this soul who is so um, grateful to Jesus for life and for the abundance of things that she gives her very best, uh, forgive us for times when we have spent so much time with Jesus that we already have the idea figured out of what Jesus needs to do. And forgive us for the times when we have dismissed others or said, what about this person or that? And Forgive us for the times our own thoughts and motives have gotten in the way of worship 
And help us, O oh Lord, to bow, to give, to love, and to just be in deep relationship with you. For I love, as Charles said, it's changed people and it's changed hearts that go out and change the lives and change the world. Guide and bless us this day as we seek to continue to um, live and seek first your kingdom. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.